Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. Hello out there, all you wrestling maniacs, all you nostalgia holics, and all you hardcore members of the IWC, and all you casual fans who like your pro wrestling on the TV. Thank you for downloading the WrestleManiacs podcast. My name is Alex Ketchum, and as always, I'm here with the man with the plan, Mr. Bob Wick. Bob, how you doing? We're going to get down tonight, baby. Yeah, we are. And the captain of Keeping It Real, Jake Russell. Jake, how you doing? What up, though? Love those Detroit greetings. Now, if you guys like this podcast, please hit us up on Facebook or email us at WrestleManiacsPodcast at gmail.com. Your feedback helps us, makes this show as fun and uh, better for you. We want it to be good. We want it to be great. We want it to be wonderful. We want you guys to have a good time listening. But thank you again. Now, with that being said, let's get down to it. Yeah. WrestleMania 9, right? Yeah. How'd you guys enjoy this overall? I mean, it was kind of a... Uh... It's been remar- re- regarded as one of the worst WrestleManias of all time. I can see why. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. It's a rough. It's a very expensive commercial for a casino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. Man. I mean, it was billed as the world's largest toga party. You know, uh, which, uh, and toga no. parties are always fun, right? Yeah. Uh, how many toga parties have you guys been to? Four. Really? Five college that's five more than i have i've been to one i was there for five minutes <laughs> <laughs> no the toga parties <laughs> the toga parties i went to were really fun usually was it fun because you're wearing togas or was it fun just because it was a party I, I just don't get um i mean the togas didn't really make it more fun but i mean it just kind of you kind of looked silly so your your inhibitions were already mm-hmm. lowered um, the one I, th- I threw one for my buddy of mine in Japan because nobody, none of my friends in Japan had ever done a toga party. Okay. Uh, and that one was actually really cool. People had really elaborate togas, if, as you might imagine. So Japanese people are good at costumes. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Let's get stereotypical because it's about to get a lot worse later wow, on. Yeah. Man. All right. 1993, baby. I, I was a huge mega fan at this time. Uh, Bobby, where were you at in your fandom? Oh, uh, uh, this is towards the end. This is me winding down. I'm I'm almost in junior high or mi- uh, middle discovering school. women and yeah. falling off the wagon. Yeah, don't want to watch dudes wrestle anymore. I wanted to see ladies. Uh, <laughs> that sounds so weird. <laughs> uh, plus, I think this is when everything started moving from like regular television to cable. And again, like in my house, until after I graduated from high school, we didn't really have cable in our house. Or, or frequently, like it was, my dad would have it, and then he'd get pissed off because it was too much and get rid of it. And we have great programming like Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman on. Why would you watch cable? That's oh man, I mean, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, yeah, yeah, because you know, how <laughs> would heaven's over? Oh. oh, god, man, your childhood just makes me weep a little bit sometimes. The entertainment value was it was rough, man. I had to, I had to find my own. <laughs> I got you. And Jake, you were kind of just getting started, right? Like Yokozuna was the name that caught your attention. Yeah, yo, yeah. Um, I remember when I first got when I first started uh, being a fan was like it's cool. Like in school, and I just hear all these kids talk about Yokozuna, Yokozuna, Yokozuna. I'm like, who the fuck is that? The fuck is that? Is that like a 
like a Sasquatch type character or something. Like I didn't know what the fuck he was. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is that? So that's when I like started tuning in. I started tuning in like towards like I think around this year. I think like ninety. I think ninety four is when I really like second third grade. That's when I really started paying attention. Really started getting into it. But like yeah. Okay, so you're kind of just it's catching your attention. You're aware of it's yeah. happening now. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I got you. Well, uh, let's talk about that year in pop culture. Bob, let's hop making the Highway to Heaven Memorial time machine. Yeah. And what went down? Okay, so for movies, we have Jurassic Park, uh, Groundhog's Day, which is one of my favorites, Tombstone, which I, I love that oh, movie, I love too. Tombstone. That's a great, that I'll is... be your Huckleberry. Like, mm. Val Kilmer. He stole the show in that one. Doc Holliday. It was amazing. Uh, and Miss Doubtfire, which is one of my mom's favorite favorite comedies. Uh, she's a big Robin Williams fan. Uh, for music, we have um, uh, That's the Way Love Goes by Janet uh, Jackson, um, nice. Dream Lover by Mariah Carey, and River of Dreams by Billy Joel. Uh, TV, we have uh, Cheers, Frasier, uh, Seinfeld, and uh, pre-mentioned uh, Dr. Quinn's <laughs> Massive Woman. <laughs> You know, Bret Hart was on an episode of Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, or several episodes, I think. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Or was it Lonesome Dove? I can't remember. He was on one, I think it was Dr. Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. I smell a bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's a punishment to me. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> I think that's the only reason why Bret Hart looks familiar to my mom. Thinks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. And Jake, what happened that was cool? Yeah, cool. Well, Jurassic Park, Mrs. Doubtfire was cool, you know. I, I, you know I liked Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Tombstone was a great movie. Yeah, I ain't seen Tombstone. Uh, let's see, uh, Men's Society, uh, classic hood movie, came out in 93. Also, Poetic Justice. Um, uh, what's another movie? Oh, What's Love Got to Do With It? A Tina Turner biopic. That was a real good movie. Really good. And... Um, the very hilarious CB4. <laughs> I love CB4. <laughs> Straight out of low cash. Yeah. Oh man. Um, music. Oh, actually, so music. Um, '93. Uh, uh, Snoop Dogg dropped his debut album, Doggy mm-hmm. Style, in 1993. Classic, classic gangster rap album. Um, also, um, in '93, yesterday was actually the, um. I believe 26th anniversary of two albums coming out in 1993. Um, uh, Enter the uh, Enter the Wu, 36 Chambers by Wu Tang Clan, their debut album that came out uh, uh, 26 years ago yesterday, 1993. Also that same day, um, their third album and probably their arguably their best album, Trial Call Quest, Midnight Marauders, also came uh. out on that day. Two hip hop classics. Came out yesterday. What's the twenty six years ago? Twenty six, yeah, no, wow. November 9th, nineteen ninety three. <laughs> that felt like man. I remember when those came out. I had those CDs. Like that feels like yesterday. That's when back when you buy the CDs and they came in a very long box, like a ridiculously long, like yeah. No, well, you had to have somebody to justify the expensive price of those things. <laughs> <laughs> but look at all this box. <laughs> look I at got. look at the box. <laughs> <laughs> do so much with it. On uh, April fourth of nineteen ninety three, the biggest stars in the world came to Las Vegas, Caesar's Palace, sixteen thousand in attendance, the third WrestleMania at a casino. 
And this one was, you know, I, I, I think it was significant because we had a lot of debuts. But overall, eh, we'll, we'll get to it. First off, Jim Ross makes his debut right at the very beginning. Yep. Gorilla throws it to him, and the voice of the WWF slash E is starting his career, and he is fired up. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a passing of the torch, you know. Let me introduce you to Jim Ross. And from there on, we don't we don't have Gorilla on uh, a commentary anymore. Hulk Hogan should have taken a lesson from Gorilla. That's how you pass a fucking torch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, man, Jim Ross looks young. He's hyped. It it's a different sort of Jim Ross. It's not the one I'm used to. Uh, yeah. But I enjoyed him. I enjoyed his work. I think he did a great job. Yeah, his voice is a bit higher back then. Yeah. So uh, it's a little off-putting. I like his deeper voice now. But yeah. At, at the same time, I thought he did a great, a great job, especially for making your debut at in this kind of pressure environment. He had to sell, like, excitement because the rest of them weren't. So, I mean, as far as, like, <laughs> like the, the people in the ring. Uh, then, you know, of course, we have Macho Man makes his entrance, and that was incredible, you know. That dude always know how to knows how to make an entrance. Yeah, the chicks feeding him grapes on the sedan yeah. or whatever it was called. I think it was called a sedan. And him yeah, on the commentary was pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I just want every soundbite of everything that Macho Man said, because anytime he extended like a word, it cracked me up. Yeah, he had a he had some interesting moments during this this <laughs> event. Uh, and Bobby the Brain Heenan has the classic entrance when he's facing the wrong way on the camel and like he's trying to get off and he doesn't know what's happening. Very old school comedy, but it just fit the character. I, I, he really set like a little world, and yeah. like, you know, like he. Well, the the two entrances were interesting because this whole event has a weird tone because. It's supposed. It's like super sexual, like with all like the Showgirls. the Roman stuff, and but it's also very like I don't know, tongue in cheek, like for like kids entertainment. So you have Bobby coming in backwards because when Macho comes in, all you hear about is like the the virgins. He's surrounded by virgins, and look at the women and blah blah blah. And then you have like a cartoonish entrance from Bobby, and like and the tone between all the matches like bounce between the two. Like, so you have some funny matches, you have some funny, you know, bits going on. And then sometimes it's, you know, more sexual or adult esque, you know, I think my favorite part of this, uh, of WrestleMania nine happened in the beginning. It was, uh, the elephant. Yeah. When the elephant, like, um, the elephant got a big standing ovation. Yeah. Yeah. When he like kind of, Went up on his two back legs or whatever. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that probably the best part of WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that I, was dope, man. I thought Cleopatra looked like a future WWE diva, Melina's mom, possible birth oh, mother. Oh yeah, hmm. yeah, she was very good looking. Um, so we get to it <laughs> after all the shenanigans, and Caesar has his parade, and Bobby Heenan comes in. Uh, we get to it with uh, an intercontinental title match Shawn Michaels versus Tatanka now Shawn Michaels has his new valet Luna Vachon uh you probably remember from being tamed with Bam Bam Bigelow and that was actually a really good pairing the Shawn Michaels Luna thing was weird yeah and Sherry comes out to support Tatanka the undefeated real Native American because the fake ones they have fake ones yeah um yeah we had to look that up just to make sure 
<laughs> because yeah, you, you know they, you, you know Yokozuna wasn't Japanese at all. <laughs> no, he's Samoan. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense in that context. This is this in ethnicity we describe him as is actually factual. So they have to describe him as the real Native American. To but you know what? When you listen to like the old guys who used to do the booking and stuff like that, they always had like excuses. Well, but we did put him with uh, uh, what's the manager? Um. Mr. Fuji? Yeah, we put him with Mr. Fuji, so, you know, there was some Japanese in, you know, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know, maybe he, uh, maybe Samoan, but, uh, he, he, he found his calling in Jap- Japan. Yeah, we don't know. he uh, identifies as Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh-huh. uh, the, I mean, the, fir- the opening match was good. I think it was kind of weird. I feel like there was, like, a better storyline with Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, but something happened with Marty, and he and he wasn't. He was not working for them anymore, or something happened because the logical story would be Marty Jannetty versus Shawn Michaels with Marty having Sherry. But we don't get that. We get Tatanka, who was on a roll at, yeah. at this time. He was a big deal, um, primed for the title, did not win it, but he kept his undefeated streak and then went on to do absolutely jack shit with his career. But this match was good. Shawn Michaels is always going to be good. And that's yeah. like the fourth WrestleMania he's opened. Yeah, and this is a theme throughout the thing. Not particularly this match, but like this is one of the better matches because both of the guys could work compared to some of the ones we're going to see later. Um, I enjoyed it. It may be a little bit too long, but it was good. It was fast-paced. I didn't seem too long. Like It was it was fast-paced. And long, longer matches is definitely what this pay-per-view needed. <laughs> yeah, true that. True but, that. Uh, that's a good point. That but super I, kick was good, right? Yeah, that just caught him. That caught yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, it blew out of his mouth, man. That felt bad for the dude. Well, you'll see it again. Shawn Michaels is great. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that pissed me off about this match is, of course, the ending. Um, disqualification. You know, they um, Shawn Michaels got disqualified, kept the title, Tatanka keeps his streak and whatever but it's like i don't know like like why do you why are you constantly doing this like at wrestlemania like there needs to be right. like a winner like a true winner and there's a lot of counts and disqualifications like it's just it's getting home it's getting on my fucking nerves and then like the ref the ref kind of like made it weird because like uh what happened what happened again he um he gets he, pulled out of the ring yeah. by Shawn michaels doesn't call for the bell for a disqualification. Then Shawn Michaels comes in, gets his ass kicked, gets covered by Tatanka, and then, then he calls for the bell. Yeah, he jumps down like he's supposed to like yeah. like um like he's about to count him, but then he's like, Oh wait, I need to yeah. call this. It just As looked if one weird. of those guys like you're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> it looks it looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. very weird. Very weird ending. Good match up until the ending, but now, that's a good point though about WrestleMania, man. This is supposed to be your main show. This is where everything should either be tied up or heightened to carry on to the next WrestleMania if it's going to be that thing or or the next really big pay-per-view. And the last couple of WrestleManias have been filled with, you know, I mean, even from the beginning, I should say, like a lot of disqualifications, a lot of like weird, you know, people leaving the ring and getting count out and stuff like that. And it's not satisfying. No, it's not. I want to see a winner. I want to see a winner and a loser. That's what I want to see. Stop Stephen King in the fucking match. Just give me a good ending. I want to see some emotion, like real emotion, come out of this. Like the story, like 
people invest in seeing these storylines and these grudge matches and stuff and it's ending count outs of disqualifications. Like, that's cheap. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Needs absolutely. to be a winner. Needs to be a loser. I mean, think about the best moments in WrestleMania. Like, we talk about, like, Andre versus Hogan. That was a great story. It had a clear ending. We saw the thing that he promised, and it was delivered, and it was amazing. Wasn't a great match, but what a great story. And when he finally scooped him, slammed him, that pop was amazing. And there are rare moments when that happens, and it's one of the three elements. Good story, good match, you know, and, you know, a great conclusion fucking clicks. And they don't deliver it enough. Yeah, I, I feel like it. a lot of times it sh- gave me the impression that they were un, in, uh, not confident in what they were trying to do. They didn't have yeah. the confidence in, like, making a decision. And like, oh, uh, let's not change anything, or let's just, well, you just throw it out, you know. Uh, but And I wish I could say the endings got better as we went through the show, <laughs> but they did not. I mean, I don't understand why they just didn't give him to talk at the belt. Like he's Why doing not? great. Shanti went back on Raw. They yeah. have Raw now. You know, it gets you some ratings. Um, and that was the big thing. Monday Night Raw had started now, and it was still in the Manhattan Coliseum. We could do a bonus episode on the first episode of Raw. That'd be dope. I'd mm-hmm. be into that. Um, so mon- like primetime wrestling's gone. Live television is in, and it's a, so they're able to build stars up, and you can have better, more, I guess. The fans understand the storylines and keep up with them much better now because it's yeah. not just house show uh, clips and things and done by interviews. You can actually have matches to tell the story. But they, I guess, are trying to adjust to that still. Yeah. It's clearly I, not here in this WrestleMania. Well, I mean, I noticed there's a lot less uh, video packages and stuff. Like They didn't show a lot of clips, and we didn't really get too many promos or anything. It was just boom, boom, boom. It was, it was pretty quick in that aspect. Yeah, the graphics they didn't have were really good though. Yeah. Like the intro graphics, that was like a big step up. They had like live motion and things of like the uh, Bret Hart and Yokozuna on the on the Caesar's Palace walls. Well, and that's stuff. one thing that McMahon does right. Like he keeps up with the editing and like anything new and innovative when it comes to like video stuff. He's got his finger on it. Like even to a fault. Like if I think about like two years ago, they were doing like all those weird things on Raw where it was like like little pop up things. Like when during the the promos and it was like it was too much, but it looked like their promos looked like Snapchat filters and shit. Like it was <laughs> like, and, and old Batman cartoons because you you get the animatia graphics and shit like that. And like what mm-hmm. the fuck are you doing, man? I got you. <laughs> the old school Batman. I like that. Adam West. Yeah. Adam West was the producer of those. <laughs> Uh, the next match, although I really did enjoy, the Steiner brothers have come over from WCW. They're one of the few teams, like one of the big things from WCW. Um, um, but I, I, you know, before we like skip over the, before we end this first match conversation uh, and getting back to the actual event a little bit, we Sherry and Luna. I thought they both did a good job for what they were out there for. Um, I mean, Sherry's a good guy was different. Yeah. You think they would let her do better make, and I hate like criticizing someone's looks and like, but she was a good looking woman, and they always did that weird stuff with her make, or maybe that was just something she liked. I don't know her, so I, I don't want to critique that. But you you think she would change her look a little bit to fit the bad or the the good guy role? No, she wore white this time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she looked nice. I loved Luna's like head tattoo, like the penciled in head tattoo she had. Yeah. That was always crazy. Yeah, she used to creep me out when I was a kid, for real. Like, yeah, she'd, eh, eh, she'd talk like that. 
Yeah, she still creeps me out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, uh, Luna beat Sherry ass at the end of the yeah. match. Yeah. Like, um, I really, like, really took it to a clothesliner, scoop slammer on the um, on the outside. Yeah, that was good. That's right. Yeah. That's another more exciting moment of uh, WrestleMania nine. That that part. The um, but the Tatanka Sherry relationship. Well, that was kind of weird. That was off putting a little bit. I don't know. I, not a relationship, but like what? Yeah. But why was she out there just to fuck with Sean? Pretty much, or pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she didn't walk out with Tatanka. She walked yeah. out a couple minutes after. Yeah. So. But yeah, but again, it makes me think Marty Jannetty was was supposed to be in that spot because they had some kind of relationship, quasi. Hmm. Um, that would have been interesting. Yeah, it would have been a lot. It would, it would have been much more intriguing story. The Rockers now fighting each other for that belt, and the managers. Um, next up, we got the Steiner brothers versus the Head Shrinkers, and I really liked this match. This is probably one of my favorite ones of the night. Maybe my favorite match of the night. Um, it was a longer one. And the Steiner brothers had come over from WCW. And as a kid, I remember it was like Sting, Flair, and the Steiners. That was WCW. Yeah. I guess maybe Luger, too. Uh, but those are the names that I knew. And like the Steiners were one of the best tag teams in the world. Uh, they were amazing. Like, they were just awesome. So when them coming over to WWF, I was really excited. Unfortunately, the tag team scene there had kind of started to fizzle. So they didn't have much to oppose the Steiners. Um the Head Shrinkers were a good team, though. We had Fatu and um, what Samu, and with Afa, the original head, the original Wild Samoan is the manager. Yeah. What did you guys think about it? Did you like this match? Yeah, that thought was incredible. Um, it was. It had a good pace to it, and I think it had what Jake called the best move of all the WrestleManias, or at least this WrestleMania. Uh, Next to Jim Neidhart saying. <laughs> Use your piece of shit partner (laughs) and throwing the nasty boy into nasty. What move was it, Bob? Uh, um, when the the Samoans had uh, uh, Scott, not Scott Snyder, um, Rick, Rick Skyner on his on his shoulders, and the other, while Samoan was going to jump off the top rope and and like clothesline him. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah! He power slammed him. Yeah, yeah. Catches him in mid. That was that was fucking dope. I've never seen that. Before or you know, or since, since. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was amazing. That was yeah, that was dope. Like, I would watch that match just for that. Like move. innovative. I like watching like like older older matches to see like where shit comes from. Like like the innovation in the back then. Like they obviously they never seen some shit like that back then. You know what I'm saying? That was fucking right. dope. Um, another one of my favorite moments. Uh, nothing's gonna top that elephant, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> One of my favorite moments is um, <laughs> when uh, Rick Steiner tries to like uh, uh, make the uh, I believe it's called a double noggin. The head shrinkers, yeah, yeah. The head, they make their head shrinkers like headbutt each other. But then, like I think uh, Jr. said, like oh, that's not going to work. And then, as soon as he said that, they was like looked at they looked at Steiner and they both headbutted him. And he yeah. felt, that, that was fucking funny. That, that was, was funny. that was pretty hilarious. Like just the timing. The yeah, like with the, the the commentary plus like the move itself like was it was great. Like the I love like the Samoan that that's running theme with the Samoans throughout wrestling. You can't hurt them by hitting them in the head. Yeah, yeah. Never headbutt a Samoan. It's one of the rules. Uh, 
there was the and the, the double clotheslines from the Steiners off the top rope. They both stood on the top rope at the same time, and then that they both like did the flying clotheslines on the head shrinkers. That was an awesome uh, spot in the match. And it's, of course, just a Steiner Brothers match. Like against Samoans too, you're going to have a physical match. There was a lot of suplexes and a lot of chops, and it was it was pretty yeah, rough. Oh, a young I, Rikishi can move too, man. I was I didn't expect that much. What about good. when Scott got dumped outside? Did y'all remember that? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. I got the, He just goes straight head down. You just see him disappear over the top rope. I don't know what happened there. He's supposed to hang him up, maybe, but they just dropped him straight to the floor. Uh, he looked like, I guess he had enough time to tuck and roll or something because he was fine and back up on his feet to get hit with a cane. <laughs> but, I mean, shows I, how I big of a badass he is. this might be the best match of the, of the whole night. You know what? I, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yeah, this is probably the best match of the night. And it was second. Uh, but it's followed by what was not the best match. Uh, doink the Clown. Oh, yeah. Matt Bourne, the best Doink, comes out. Uh, and he's taking on the Hawaiian sensation, the big Kona Crush. Oh, my God. The man who crushes coconuts with his bare hands. Formerly of demolition. Now just a neon orange mess. Uh Hell of a mullet, though. Joe Dirt would be jealous of that damn thing. <laughs> You're like a cream sick on steroids and shit, man. But Matt, bad. Doink, though, was good. Matt Bourne as Doink was really good. I, like, I forgot yeah. how good he was. It's too bad he didn't have a better like uh, opponent for this one. It was, I, Yeah, oh. he, he did great. I, I would slow-ass still... spin kick Crush did. Oh, man. yeah. <laughs> we had to watch that twice, man. That was so bad. Yeah, that was oh, poor. Just Not poor Crush. Just why Crush? Yeah. You can't do that move well. Why are you gonna do it? Why are you gonna like do a spin kick when you're six foot five and like three hundred pounds or something? Like you don't need to be doing ninja moves, especially when you can't do them. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, no, he's pretty bad, man. This is, this is yeah, this is but bad. The and the but the ending was kind of a famous moment for that year. At least this mania is where the there's a second doink that comes out and helps, like jumps crush. They beat him with a fake arm. And then Doink gets the win over the good guy Crush, so the evil clown wins. And they did like the big mirror image. Yeah, they did. Here's a pop quiz, pop, pop quiz question for you: Who was the other Doink? Oh man, I know. We that. talked about him last week. Yeah. Our last WrestleMania. I I can't remember. Skinner. Oh yeah. It was a guy, uh, yeah, the wrestler known as, he was Skinner in the WWF. Um, I can't remember his actual name. But, yeah, he shaved the beard and became the other doink. And they were actually very similarly built. You know, they looked, size-wise, they were pretty much dead on. But I thought that was a good part, at least, for yeah, doink. there was like three doinks. Well, I know there was a, a bunch of doinks. Yeah, from there on, like, there became like this thing where there'd be multiple doinks coming in yeah. and out. And, and, the, and a dink. <laughs> yeah, and then there was like a, yeah, the, then there was dink. I just got sad thinking about that. Anyways, <laughs> I guess that was the point of Doink, though. He was supposed to be a mean clown. So, Next up, we got Razor Ramon and Bob Backlund. Oh, this was a great match, too. I like this one. Razor looked great. He looked amazing. He looked incredible. He had Razor's bo- debut, right? Many a debut of Razor Ramon, yeah, yeah. man. Um, and, and Bob Backlund as well. His, his WrestleMania debut. Oh, that's right. Because he was, he came back from, and they hyped him up like, ah, oh, he's a great wrestler, and he's a former champion. It was the most boring thing I'd ever seen. They didn't even have music. 
or anything. Just ran out there. And they've done that to him a couple times since, man. Just brought him out there just to... At least uh, he plays like the crazy character now, and that's entertaining. I guess. But this, when he first came back, like, his finishing move was like a cradle pin. That was it. Mm-hmm. He would he would roll you up and then, like, bridge or something. And that was, like, the big finishing move. And then he, like, switched to, like, the chicken wing or something. Yeah. Like, Crossface yeah, chicken wing. Yeah. When he, went, when he went crazy and became a bad guy, he switched to the chicken wing. But... <laughs> Like, when he first came back, it was literally the most boring thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Razor, on the other hand, was cool as shit. I believe, what, the first cool bad guy? Is that what we... Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Nothing else? Nobody, I mean, no, nothing I mean, Razor? it was a fun match. I mean, were, just it was quick. It was a really fast yeah, match. This is what I, yeah, I must just say. <laughs> it was really short. Like, this is the one I wish would have been went a little bit longer. And it's funny that Razor pinned him with, like, a, a very um, like a small technical pa- move. Like a small yeah. package. Yeah, yeah, small package. Yeah, the wrestler got beat by wrestling by the other wrestler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bobby. Oh, man. <sighs> All right, we're about halfway, surprisingly, already to this WrestleMania. Yeah, there's only a couple matches. How many? They eight? were, well... There was a dark match that nobody ever saw between Tito Tantana and Papa Shango, which I kind of wish we were able to see. And but we had um, eight matches, or nine if you count the very last thing. So uh, this was one of the main events, though, that they kind of or they built as a main event: the Mega Maniacs, which is Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and the returning after one after I guess almost a year of absence, Hulk Hogan. Taking on one of my favorite tag teams, Money Inc., the tag team champions. And the story behind this was Money Inc., uh, Brutus Beefcake came back on Raw and gave this long, sad life story speech that uh, was way too long and nobody gave, and people started booing him halfway through. <laughs> I would have booed. <laughs> um, so it just, yeah, it was just screwed from the beginning, man. It was just felt bad for him. Uh, and then Money Inc. comes out and busts him up in the face. So now he gets a titanium mask so he can wrestle and get his revenge. And he calls his buddy Hulk Hogan to come help him. And Jimmy Hart, I guess, was afraid of being sued. So he joins up with Hulk Hogan and drops Money Inc. So Jimmy Hart is now a good guy as well. It was a long match. Uh, again, we don't, get a, we don't get an actual finish. And it's a main event. Yeah, it's bullshit. And Money Incorporated, they they make uh, Brutus and Hogan look real good in this match. Yeah, they did. They made the I man. They did great. Like the, yeah. One of my favorite parts is the very beginning. They tried to jump the uh, Brutus and Hogan when they got in the ring, and IRS swings his briefcase, and Brutus ducks, and I and he hit the turnbuckle with it. And I'm quite confident this was not planned, but like the the springback shot the briefcase out of his hands up in the air, and he somehow managed to catch it over the top rope. I thought that was... That looked cool. That looked cool. That definitely wasn't planned. Uh, Yeah. Brutus the Beefcake, though. That mask was ridiculous. I I thought he kind of looked like Condor Man, if you guys ever seen... Condor Man? Yeah. I thought he looked like a... What the fuck is that? Oh, it's this old, like, 80s... Like, was a character from Highway to Heaven or some shit? Yeah, yeah. He was a superhero during... <laughs> I thought he looked like Spawn if Spawn didn't want to hide in the shadows ever. Fair enough. Or what? Uh, ketchup and mustard, french fry... Uh, <laughs> yeah. A McDonald-sponsored superhero is what he was. Yeah. Looked awful, man. <laughs> yeah. This match was awful. 
Uh, yeah, I'm 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 sick of Hogan. I'm sick of Hogan. <laughs> sick of Hogan by nah, now, man. This yeah. is like this is probably like his this this one or the next one's got to be his last WrestleMania. This was his last. This WrestleMania. was his last WrestleMania. All right, well, cool, good riddance. Well, <laughs> I mean, like I I get the comeback, and like maybe if they'd have done <clears> the tag team title thing with them for like a little bit, yeah. maybe that'll worked. But going right at. Well, we'll get to it at the end, but going right back to what it was always the same thing just yeah. didn't work because they had been pushing for the new generation, and it was starting to work. Like There was as many Bret Hart fans out there as there were Hulk Hogan fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically, this is, just showed me that Vince didn't have – he got scared and just went back to what he knew. But yeah. this, let's go over the ending of this match. So the referee goes down, surprise, surprise. And Jimmy Hart – Takes off his jacket, and he, he turns it inside out. It's Reverse reversible it. yeah. because, you know, Jimmy Hart's got style. And it happens to have black and white stripes. And apparently, in Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake and Jimmy Hart's world, if you wear black and white stripes, you have authority in the ring. Obviously. So he crawls <laughs> in, and um, after Hulk Hogan has taken the mask that Brutus Beefcake was wearing, Hits both of Money Inc., knocks them out. They do a double cover. Jimmy's changed clothes. He climbs in the ring, counts three, and. They grab the belts. They grab the belts and <laughs> start just... holding them up and celebrating. And the crowd goes mild. Like, they don't, they know yeah. this is BS. Yeah, it was a very my ball, my rules type moment. Like, man, you've been working for this company at least 10 years. You know how this fucking works. <laughs> right? Like, nobody's buying it. And they're celebrating. Another referee comes out, wakes up referee number one, and then referee number two apparently just assumes authority, goes over, rings the bell, and the winners are Money, Inc. by disqualification. Um, because I guess now there's a rule that referees in the back see something bad happen, they can come out and change and just call it. Sure. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh, the one thing we, we failed to talk about was Hogan's eye. Oh, yeah. yeah there yeah. was that. So, and we have the fake mask on Brutus Beefcake to protect his face. It's made out of titanium steel plates and screws. What, what, what would... <laughs> titanium. Macho man can't say the word titanium. He's got that titanium. Coriform titanium. Quartz. Granite. Elemental periodic tables. Oh, man. So so now the good guys are mad at referee number two for, you know, doing his job. So they're going to beat him up. Yeah. And they look to the crowd for approval, which they do not get. So then Jimmy Hart beats up the referee. Throws him out of the ring. Throws him out of the ring. And then they proceed to have about 10 minutes of uh, dancing and posing. And then Hulk Hogan starts acting bashful and starts about to leave. And Brutus is like, no, we need you to, like, 20 more minutes of this shit. Like, do my dance, too. And, oh, yeah, yeah. So they discover, then Hogan discovers the briefcase has been left by IRS in the corner of the ring. Um, He gets it and, like, has this, makes a pirate face, mainly because his one eye is, like, swollen shut. They open it up and throw out papers and a bunch of money and a brick because, why? you know, you need to have a brick and a briefcase. Of course. Never know you need an alley apple. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> an alley apple? Yeah. Is yeah. that what a brick is called? Yeah. 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 I've never heard that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. 
an alley apple. Yeah, mm. I was born in the 1930s. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they eventually hand out money to the crowd, and then we're done. That was all the ending of that match, and the result and the the results of it were nothing's changed. Garbage. Garbage. Mm, yeah. I guess like the biggest impact was Jimmy Hart being a good guy. Yeah. And that's like the only lasting implication from this this this. And he's story. with Hogan. Yeah. That's basically it. You gonna go down to WCW with it, baby? <laughs> I do love Macho's like commentary during all the dancing and stuff. It's like I'm trying to reenact this for you. My God, Hulkamania is living forever. Yeah, they're hanging from the rafters. Yeah, well, it's Caesar's Palace, and they don't have <laughs> rafters. <laughs> but they're... It's Rome. <laughs> we're, we're in Rome. They have columns. Yeah, um, we're ha- hanging from the columns. Yeah. The columns of the Colosseum? <laughs> the fuck? Oh, like, it's like he had a senior moment. He just kind of like starts talking and we can't stop. I like, think rambling. I'm having a stri- <laughs> Rook, brother. <laughs> hanging from the rafters. Well, Ooh. there's no rafters. They, but if there were rafters, <laughs> they'd be hanging from them. But this is Rome <laughs> and sure, Caesar. Uh, the pay-per-view oh, audience is hanging. <laughs> that was my favorite part of that whole match. was just that one part was... Savage, he went down the rabbit hole. I feel like Macho had to be go over the top with the commentary, man, because shit was weak, man. You know what I'm saying? I I appreciated that. I appreciate him fucking up. Well, there's no rafters, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, hanging from the rafters. There's no rafters because we're in ancient Rome. (laughs) So what? We got three and a half matches left. Yeah. Next up, we got Lex Luger, the narcissist. Versus Mr. Perfect, which I, I like the I like the idea of it because Mr. Perfect is has a big ego, and then this guy comes in with a bigger ego, so they have to fight. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yep. Best part of this though was the yeah. girls who walked out with Lex Luger. Okay, two good parts. That is the best part, but the part uh, the 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 hiccup during the the promo before the match was my favorite part. Probably my favorite. It's my elephant. Um, Mr. Perfect getting interviewed by uh, me and Gene, and you know, God bless him, he gets through the interview saying Lex Luthor or Lex Luger, the what was he called, the the narcissist, the narcissist, a, a good fifteen times. But when he gets to the end, like I'm gonna go down there, Lex Luger, you call yourself the nurse, you call Lex narcissist, narcissist, and me and Gene without even. Just jumps in, saves him. He's like, ah, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go to the match and take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. And, uh, that interview was not absolutely perfect. No. But it was funny. It, you could tell it was pre-taped. Why did it do it like a second take, man? <laughs> <laughs> the Larsons. The loose, The Luger. I've never said that's, that's the only time I ever saw like perfect kind of stumble over his stuff, you know? But... Uh, so, yeah, then we have, like, the four hot girls with Lex Luger. They hold up the mirrors that shoot sparks. And I, you could just tell, like, the girls are just praying to God their hair doesn't catch fire right. with all the hairspray and shit going mm-hmm. on. Um, I like the narcissist gimmick for Luger because, it, I mean, it fit. I think, I think he got into that, that character. 
because it was like more of him as a real person. Yeah, they say the best characters is just like a heightened version of yourself, and I think that's like this is it. It's a very heightened version of it. That's why it's so entertaining. And Mr. Perfect's going to have a great match. Period. Yeah. And this match was good, and when it wasn't bad, I mean, but it was just. It's a, it'd be good on a pay per view, maybe. At this time, I guess they were doing, doing a lot of job matches. So it's two big names, so they've got to be on a pay per view, right? Yeah. Um, but very skippable. Yeah. yeah. The f- funny side note from, I think, is Pritchard's podcast or Jim Ross's. So, of course, they had like multiple matches like, in house shows and stuff when uh, Luger's coming out. And he had those tassels hanging from like this like little thing he put over his tights. Every match, Mr. Perfect, during the match, would pull off a few of those tassels. And then when they got in the back, he would drop them in front of Lex and Lex would get so pissed off. You're going to, I'm going to have gaps in my tassels. <laughs> and he would somehow manage in every match to get like four or five or like a handful of those things and just pull them off. And then like tuck and then somehow hold on to them until they got to the back and like you show them to him. That's hilarious. So, good on, good on Kurt Henning for continuing the ribs. After the match, we have a unique shot where they follow Mr. Perfect because he, well, I'm sorry. We got to get to the finish, right? Right. Lex Luger uses his metal fore- forearm to knock out the bionic forearm. The bionic forearm knocks out Mr. Perfect out cold. Uh, apparently, he had done the same thing to Bret Hart at brunch that day, hmm. which I don't think we ever saw a video clip of. But they talked about it a shitload. That forearm to Bret Hart's back of his head and to brunch to, to, to benefit. Knocked him out. Knocking everybody out. Very suspicious. We know what's in the forearm. We already talked about it. What's it so suspicious about it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Luger gets the win. Good. They're, big, they're building him as a heel. Then they follow Mr. Perfect all the way to the back, through the tents. I'm about to, I don't know where they're going. Uh, Mr. Perfect starts, like, taking off his tights. You, you don't know what's going to happen. And then he turns a corner, and they're in a parking lot, and he jumps Lex Luger, and then Shawn Michaels jumps him. Uh, and beats him with a trash can, which was all right. I mean, you need something different, yeah. At least yeah. like a backstage shot, and it sets up Mr. Perfect Shawn Michaels grudge. Yeah, it's more entertaining than the match. Yeah, and you know those matches are going to be good. Yes, yes, definitely. So there's hope for the future. Now, this is going to be fun. Up next, we have the legendary Undertaker taking on a relative newcomer to the WWF. Came from WCW where he was known as L.A. Gante. But now he is the giant Gonzalez. I know y'all remember this thing. This guy. The muscle suit. Yeah. The yeah. airbrush. You, you you would see him a lot like in like 80s television. Like that would be like the guy to send because he was so tall. Like he'd be. And he was like a legitimate, I think almost eight feet or eight foot yeah, tall. Yeah. Yeah. He just stepped over to the ropes. That was pretty impressive. I mean, it, couldn't wrestle worth a lick. No, and and that was like another theme of this thing, like putting great wrestlers and having them work with not great wrestlers because they were bigger. They had a good look. Like we just saw it in the last match, like Mr. Perfect taking care of Lex Luger. Now we have to have you know poor Mark taking care of because I I know the Undertaker. I'm going to just call him Mark. <laughs> 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 the Undertaker taking care of this guy, like. I mean, it was a decent. I mean, it was a decent Undertaker match. Uh, I, uh, I mean, Undertaker worked his ass off yeah. to try to save this. the The best part was the entrance when he came out with like all like the the 
Roman death god stuff when the vulture. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just I just felt bad for him, and apparently he still holds a grudge to against Bruce Pritchard for making him have a match with Giant Gonzalez at a WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> but the finish here we go again. Giant Gonzalez, this heathen monster that doesn't really understand what's happening, somehow is smart enough to know that ether can or chloroform or what what macho could when is that chemical chlorophyll chemical titanium chloroform it's not smell of vision but it stinks <laughs> so giant gonzalez somehow gets a chloroformed rag and shoves it in the undertaker's face and mouth the referee watches this for a good minute or so mm-hmm. and then finally calls for a disqualification <laughs> As Thomas Allen did. The whole, the, all these fans, they smell it. Everyone smells it. <laughs> took a man for the ref to smell it. Yeah, the referee's just staring at him like, well, it's just a rag. I guess that, I mean, it probably can't There's disqualify no him for that. There's no specific rule that says you can't bring a rag to the ring. That's why Mr. Sacco is legal. Okay, touche. <laughs> but <laughs> I just Sacco's look. a sock, not a rag. True that. True that. Sorry, I just wanted to add that in. Continue. No, no. I didn't mean, mean to disrespect Mr. Sacco. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's debatable. Huh? What is like the actual rule on the foreign object? I, the claw. I just don't know why the referee just stood there watching this guy get like almost smothered to death or murdered. Uh, and he's just like, okay, now that he's fallen down, I'm going to go ring the bell because clearly that's not a normal rag, it's which just, would yeah. be perfectly legal. It's just all these weird like referee moments. They just like like be a, like make it look believable. Like call it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But actually, don't fucking call it. There needs to be a winner and a loser in this match. Yeah. And of course, there's another disqualification, which further pisses me off. I mean, four out of nine matches, the referee gets knocked out for a period of time. Like, get two referees. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Get nope, some replay. I don't know, man. They're just, just going to knock them both out. You know? <laughs> Probably. They're gonna knock, knock, knock one out with the other? Yeah. <laughs> Here's your piece of shit, ref. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your piece of shit. Well, that's not going to work. <laughs> Here's your piece of shit official. Uh, Undertaker gets put on a stretcher. Gets about halfway out. Does the sit-up on the stretcher. Comes back. Proceeds to whoop ass. And then Giant Gonzalez gets goes down after like seven clotheslines. And I think the Undertaker literally has to push him to the ground. Uh, it's just terrible. And I feel bad for the Undertaker. R.I.P., baby. Giant, <laughs> Giant Gonzalez. You were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yokozuna. There we go. Finally. We're at the main event. Yokozuna. The sumo man from Japan. The sumo Samoan. Yep. And Mr. Fuji are taking on Bret the Hitman Hart for his title. Bret Hart's had a good run since beating Ric Flair earlier in the year at a house show. Which, why wasn't it on TV? I don't know. They eventually played like a clip of it or parts of it. It's on the network now. Go check that match out, though. It's really good. That'd be good, Modus. It's a great It's a great match. Um, Yokozuna has come in. He won the Royal Rumble. And it was the first time the Royal Rumble winner would get an automatic title shot at WrestleMania. So we have that. That's a big starting thing. Now it's so, it's like a major story every year. Yeah. Um, 
and I, so it started in 93. Yokozuna, up until this point, and through the Royal Rumble, all the way to WrestleMania, has been dominating people. Just putting people in the hospital, unstoppable giant with the amazing leg drop and the bonsai drop. This guy's just a he beast. He can work. Like, for mm-hmm. a big boy, man, he can move. I, I, I love watching his match. He was great. Yeah, his first year or two, man, he was awesome. It should have been a longer match. It should have been a longer match. Um, Bret Hart's book, he mentioned that it was supposed to be a longer match, but Yoko went home early, uh, kind of cutting off his Bret Hart's comeback. So Bret Hart was kind of upset about that. Uh, the finish, here we go, um, is Bret Hart gets Yoko in the sharpshooter or a modified version of the sharpshooter due to the yeah. big-ass legs of Yoko Zuna. I was impressed that he, he got it. <laughs> yeah. He had it on him. I mean, he wasn't doing shit, but he got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mr. Fuji um, slowly, oh so slowly, takes out his racist Japanese sumo salts. <laughs> <laughs> and then just dust. He got him. He got he him got good, good, though. He took man. his time, but, man, his aim was true. Let me tell you. He got Bret Hart right he in the face. the shit out of him. <laughs> And Bret Hart, blinded now, gets rolled up by Yoko. Um, that's and that's it. So we have a new we have a new world heavyweight champion. Bret Hart has lost due to the blinding of uh, by racist salt. Yeah. Speaking of racist, before this match, ah, I'm glad you brought this up. Before this match, um, there was a promo with you know Vince's golden boy, Hulk Hogan. And you know what I'm saying? He's you know, he's issuing a challenge to whoever uh wins the uh whoever win the winner of this match, he's issuing a challenge to, he's issuing the challenge to them. He's like, I challenge for the world title, like I challenge he said, what do you say? He's like whether, Brett, whether, I challenge you. Uh, whether it's Brett, whether it's Brett or the Jap, he called he called Yokozuna a Jap. Yokozuna probably didn't give a fuck because he's not not Japanese, but like like wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is this is your number one guy. This is the great white hope calling the calling one of the contenders a Jap or the Jap. Like, all right, man. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, definitely not cool now, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't cool back then. Don't think that was ever cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was never yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Call him a Jap. So yeah, fast yeah. forward to the end of their fast forward to the end of their match. You know, uh, Yokozuna, um, he wins. But then, who comes down to the ring? None other than the great white Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Yep, because somehow, um, oh, he mentioned in his promo, that Bret Hart, I know he's a Hulkamaniac or something. <laughs> yeah. Bret Hart is what not What proof a do you have of that, sir? Because <laughs> I haven't seen it. No. And, yeah, he comes out to help his buddy, Um it's just I hated that because like they had no relation. I remember as even as a yeah. kid, I hated. It. I hated Bret Hart losing for one thing, but then seeing Hogan come out and do this. Why is he? What is he doing? You know, um, he's the being at the end of WrestleMania like he has done nine times before. Whether he's in the last match or not, we close on Hogan. We always close on Hogan, even though we already seen twenty five minutes of this dude flexing and dancing with the Brutus Barbecue Beefcake. We need to. <laughs> Fucking twelve minutes of this bullshit. I think call, I, call that nigga barbecue beefcake. Barbecue yeah. beefcake. <laughs> yeah. Barbecue beef. 
Isn't that the new the new name because of the yeah, colors and stuff? He looks yes. like barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. What happened to his face? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so yeah, Hogan comes out, tries to help Brett or soul Brett, whatever the fuck he's doing. And while this is happening, Mr. Fuji, the manager of Yokozuna, during his celebration, gets a little overzealous and he says, Hulk Hogan, you get in this ring right now. We challenge you, Hulk Hogan. We challenge you, we give world title to you, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And Bret Hart tells Hulk Hogan to go take the the match. And this unstoppable force, Yoko Zuna, is defeated in 22 seconds. So quick. And Hulk Hogan ends WrestleMania 9 is once again, for the fifth time, your WWF World Heavyweight Champion. I mean, what, and what does that say about Brent? You know, like, dude couldn't win this match in, what, what 12 minutes? Hogan comes there and wins it in, like, two seconds. That You just squashed Brett, man. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Even though there was cheating involved. Right, Okay, right. but still, I, I didn't like, I, yeah, looking back especially, um, it's, like, you just, like, I felt like it hurt Yoko. Like, this yeah. guy was a monster, and now, 22 seconds? It's just, bleh. Yeah. And it just yeah, it, it, it ruined Yoko. It hurt Yoko way more than it hurt Brett. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And in that, like we talked about this before, we've talked about this a, a thousand times. It's been the business model: build a monster for Hogan to destroy. And this is like the quickest he's ever destroyed a monster. And this is like one of the best monsters too. Like that. That's what's so bad about it. Like not having the foresight to see like. Man, what are you going to do next WrestleMania? What are you going to do down the road now? Like, you just ruined them. Yeah. Ugh. Like, the, yeah, the, the the future planning was not great at this point in time. Actually, like I, th- I think a third of the member people on this WrestleMania were gone by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, including Hulk Hogan. But he got that one more WrestleMania title win. The only thing I had hope for as a kid, and the only way I think this would be decent would be if you actually got the Brett Hogan match. You could have, and Hogan could have passed the torch. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. But they, I know there's all these stories and that Hogan it was Brent Vince's idea and Hogan didn't have in uh, Hogan didn't have Bullshit. influence or whatever. God. Like this just it just shows to me like no, no. That this that like this whole little situation like if they were really wanting to do something, if Vince had r- true uh, confidence in Brett, they would have had that match. He tried it for the Warrior. They did it for you know he did it for a couple. He did it a couple times, right? Macho and Warrior and all these things. Did something to try to pass the torch. Didn't have any interaction with Bret Hart. He went back and got squashed by Yokozuna. So Yokozuna finally killed Hulkamania, at least for ten years. So kudos to Yoko. Congratulations for that. But they should have had that match, and they never did. I, I, I'm looking back, it kind of makes me angry when I think about it. Like, that was like, if you, I don't know. I think the crowd chose Brett more than Vince did. Yeah. And I feel like ever since then, that's been one of the problems. When they try to force feed a champion, it's still like Bret Hart was like that first one where you watched from the tag team to the Intercontinental, and then he became the champion. And like the crowd was with him, right? They pushed yep. for this to happen. Then the same thing happened with Shawn Michaels. The crowd Steve pushed Austin, for it. Yeah. Steve Austin, the same way. Um, 
the like the first one, maybe Macho, you can argue maybe a little bit. Um, but I really think Brett was the one that the crowd felt like we made this guy the champion. I absolutely agree. And yeah. everyone still wants that. Oh, I wonder, wait, what do you think stops him? Like, oh, you can't tell me how to run my business type thing? Or does he not actually see it? You don't know what you want. I'll tell yeah. you what you want. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. So, Jake, I want to get you to keep it real on us. How was this WrestleMania? What would you watch? What would you not watch? Oh, oh. this WrestleMania was trash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I, I knew it was coming, but that was great delivery, man. Yeah, it was trash. <laughs> it was pretty trash. Watch, um, uh, of course, Shawn Michaels, Tatanka match. Great match. Steiner Brothers, Head Shrinkers, great match. Um, that's pretty much it. Um... I hate to objectify women, but those females coming out with Lex Luger, they're they're they're, they're bad as hell. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Um, also, the elephant. <laughs> the elephant. I love elephant. You love this elephant. Yeah. The elephant in the beginning was the shit. The camels shit. The animals was the shit in this pay per view. You know what I'm saying? I liked the vulture. Yeah, the vulture was dope. Yeah, the vulture too. So yeah. Yeah, I'm with Jake, man. I, I would say watch the first two matches and then go get a snack. I don't know. <laughs> Come back, look at some ladies if if, if you need be. Uh, but really, this is this is skippable. And anything of any importance that happens, you you see the clips of that all the time, anyways. The oh yeah, the Luna. Words. Um, my bad. I mean to cut you off. Luna. Okay. Um, scoop slamming Sherry onto the uh, outside of the ring. That was dope too. Yeah. She's another one. Uh, Luna doesn't get her her props because she was great. Like she, even going into the stuff she did with like the oddities and stuff like that, she was yeah. always down. She always she always looked professional. She she did a great character. And when they talk about you know the women's evolution and stuff like that, like I don't think they go far back. They talk about Mae Young, which I think they absolutely should do. She's amazing. Um, but I think they they skip a couple people. You know. Yeah, she does get overlooked quite a bit, and she was a she was a badass. Yeah, she was incredible. Yep, I loved her with Bam Bam. That was a great teaming. Yeah. Oh my they god, the head I tattoos. forgot about that. That the was matching, yeah. The matching head tattoos was great. He's got what was it? His main squeeze, Luna. That's what they called it. Um, that was a great pairing. Maybe we can watch uh, check something out or do a bonus episode on Luna. Did her and 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 uh, Sherry ever? Throw down, did they ever make that match? I think it was maybe a mixed tag or something. Oh, they should just had a match, man. Um, yeah, I forget how good Sherry was. Like, she was actually a wrestler. I think she was so good at managing. I picture her more as a manager. Yes. But, man, she was a badass wrestler, too. Yeah. 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 Bob, anything you want to add? Skips or do no, don't? I think I just said it all. Uh, yeah, this is very skippable. I, again, I think, I think. We we hit all the like the best stuff like that move the center did was probably one of the most incredible moves I've ever seen. So I think definitely check out that. Uh, but everything else I think we covered. All right. What yeah. about you? What do you think? Well, you yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I loved like this. Met like going as a kid. I remember watching this live, and I was really excited because Bret Hart was the champion. Um, but yeah, even then though, I was aware enough when Hogan didn't win the tag team titles, something was up. Right. And that made me nervous. Because, well, now they're gonna. Now Brett's not probably not gonna be the champion anymore. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and especially looking back, this is just. No, it wasn't a wasn't a smart choice. It got. It seems like Vince got scared and went back instead of continuing to move forward. 
But this tag team match was great with the Steiners. There's some funny commentary. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, one last thought, though, because just something you said to kind of spark something. Like, I wonder if now to Vince, has WrestleMania become the product? You know, like, uh, it's get, trying to get it bigger so it can get bigger arenas to make more money. It, I mean, and that's part of the business model of pro wrestling. But he's getting away from, like, as like, long as I have Hogan in there, it's going to sell. You know, like, Hogan's the new, you know, uh, Bruno. Mm-hmm. And, and and because of that, like, the product fails. You're, the product softens. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I definitely think that's the way it is now. It's the, the brand, the, the, it's the brand name, not the people. Yeah, but, I mean, this and this one in particular, like, the 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 location became more the brand than the, the event itself. Like, we... we Every, like, even just having the the theme of um, the Roman, Roman stuff, thing, yeah, the yeah, toga party, and and Caesars, like, Caesars, we, Caesars. You knew it was in Caesars, and I can't say that about any other location we've been at. Like when we've been at Madison Square Garden or anything, you didn't see any signage or anything like that. Even when at Trump's place, and you know that guy is a megalomaniac, we didn't see any. Like we saw him, like, and his interview wasn't a tenth as long as like the owner of uh, the casino. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting interview. You should watch that part too. Yeah, that was weird. That dude that looks like Jamie Kennedy. He, he he's the worst. Like Todd Pettengale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he tried hard, but man, it was not. Didn't come off as genuine at all. He seems like the the kind of person they brought in because he was like a MTV like VJ. Like, oh, the kids are gonna find him fun. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. He he likes to talk way too close to people, and it, he he gets creepy. <laughs> He didn't shove a kid. That made me laugh. But other than that, like he <laughs> shoving fuck, that kid, he can fuck off. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna stop there. I, all right. Well, I guess we should stop there because this WrestleMania just did not live up to any nostalgia. Um, Hulk Hogan, I guess congratulations, but <laughs> fuck off a little bit, man. All right, for everybody, my name is Alex Ketchum, Bob Wick, Jake Russell. Until next time, we are going for the leg. Hold up now before you go. We here at the WrestleManiacs Podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook, or you can... Email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at GabberMedia.com. See you guys next time.